Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. Hey girl, hey, I'm Julie Bender. Julie, you know, as women who treasure their faith, which we do, we do, most most of the time on good days, I can't say I do it all the time as I should, but there's lots of different aspects to our faith that we explore, you know, how how to incorporate it into our everyday life. Yeah, I mean, and then there's days where it seems like I forgot that I could maybe incorporate my faith into this annoying, frustrating, difficult, stressful scenario. There's moments where I'm like, oh, wait. Maybe if I had just prayed about that, it would have been a little less overwhelming. Have you ever felt like that? Oh, my word, yes. And usually after the fact, when I realize I have completely destroyed whatever I had just walked through. Yes, (laughs) indeed. It's like when you're with your kids and all you need is, you know, a breath or, you know, a break. Why don't we just say, God, give me a moment of solitude by myself before I say something I should not say. Whoops, nope, I just go ahead and say it most of the time. Or, you know, in like over the top, ground them from, I don't know, whatever the thing is for the rest of their life, which we'll never actually enforce. No, you won't. And (laughs) yes, you probably should have prayed that before you came down hard. Mm -hmm. All right, challenging people. I know that's a hard one for me because I don't know how to just keep my mouth shut (laughs) when I'm facing someone challenging. So, you know, I've thought maybe I should pray, Lord, just Put your arm around my shoulder and your hand over my mouth. <laughs> uh, okay, what about when you're looking for a good man to date? Y'all know I knew that struggle was freaking <laughs> real. Uh, side note, the other day I was walking through church with my husband and we walked past the first guy I dated after Paul died. And I'm like, well, that was a weird experience. Anyway, <laughs> Did I'm like, you wave and smile? I mean, he was, hey, Jules. And I was like, Hi, am I supposed to introduce my husband? That feels weird. Oh, are you noticing my pregnant belly? It's cool. Anyway, while dating, if we would just be wise enough to pray, God, help me chase after you at top speed. And then if I notice there's someone nearby, maybe I slow down and introduce myself. Yeah, I actually like that. It's not what would have crossed my mind at the time. All right. What about the mom of a 10-year-old who says, my child would never do that? Okay. Lord, help me not to say that. Just give them time, my friend. Just give them time. Yeah, that's maybe not very encouraging. Instead, we just nod along and say, you see me, God, and you see their kid. Yes. (laughs) Uh, When we're trying to build bridges, which, I mean, isn't that what we're all trying to do, especially in today's culture and day and age, we would be wise to pray that God would keep us open-minded to others' ideas without feeling the need to interject misguided as they might be. It's true. (laughs) That is the go-to. Yep. All right. Dealing with our spouse. If you happen to be married, help me listen to what he has to say, even though I know I'm right. (laughs) Wait, are we saying we're supposed to pray that? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe not pray it. But, you know, maybe we are right. I don't know. But ask God to help us listen in the meantime. Whether you find yourself looking back and saying, I should have done this, I should have acted this way, I should have been this way. We do find ourselves in a lot of different places in life Mm -hmm. with our faith. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, some seasons are just hopeful and encouraging and things are going really, really well. And it is inevitable that there are going to be others Mm -hmm. where that's not true. Mm -hmm. And not only is our heart perhaps broken or the disappointment is gut-wrenching because life didn't turn out like we thought, but our faith becomes extremely battered and beaten up. And it's hard at that time not to just let go and not to just be angry. And the, the reality is all of those things are fine. And we kind of want to walk through that experience in life when your faith is battered. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing we want to say is that when, not if you're experiencing that, but when you experience that, the worst thing you can do is beat yourself up even further because you're feeling that way. I hope that you know the side of God that we can be brutally honest with our disappointment or our fear or our frustration or our pain or our anger of the thing we might be facing because actually dealing honestly with those feelings is the first step for God being able to restore us. So we want to talk a little bit about when you find yourself in that season of what we would call a battered faith. Well, and I think I'm just going to throw in one part of my life, Julie, that, I mean, I can actually, I say one, but I can talk about several times in my life that my faith has been battered and I've been hurt and angry. But when Lauren was 18 months old and in the hospital, we did every test in the world and I was angry and terrified, Mm -hmm. all of the emotions of a mother. I had another Christian say to me, just trust God, his will be done. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, absolutely not. So I'm on my knees in the hospital going, if your will is to take this child from me, I'm not good with that. I am not good with that. I don't want it. I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to fight you every inch of the way. And some people would have looked at me and gone, you know, you, you need to back off. You, As a woman of faith, you need to be okay. God didn't say that to me. God didn't say you need to back off. You don't need to be angry with me. He literally held me in his arms while I just pounded on him. Yeah, I mean, I think the truth is God's not afraid of our anger our fear, our doubts, our honest emotions. He literally can take it all and he wants us to bring those real raw emotions to whatever we might be facing. You know, we're asking why God. I'm not saying he's going to give you an answer, but it's okay to ask. And it's the most honest thing we can do at times is to ask. Well, and I I think we're mistaken when we think it makes him love us less Hmm. because it doesn't. He is incapable of loving us less than he does and did when, you know, he sent his son to literally die for us. He loves us so unconditionally and completely, whether we are walking beautifully in just the most wonderful time or whether we're angry or hurt or disappointed, it doesn't matter. He loves us completely. I know sometimes we want to encourage our faith by thinking about all the people that we read about in the Bible and how they did things so well and we should be like them. But the truth is, is the Bible is actually littered with stories of quote unquote heroes who literally jacked it up all the time. Lincoln and I have been reading, um, one of his Christmas gifts was, there's this Lego Bible. Have I told you about this? No, I didn't know there was one. Yeah, somebody told me about it. And it's they take pretty much the main Bible stories, and there's pictures, and it's it's kind of designed like a comic book. Uh-huh. But the pictures are all Lego figurines, you know, oh, that's uh, awesome. displayed to depict the stories. And 
I expected it to be written a little more children's Bible-y, but we've been reading it and I'm like, you know, and then Laban laid with this guy and this girl and the men wanted to come in and oh, sleep with all geez. the people. And it's like, it's written very, very clearly. Very and I'm honestly. like, I find myself wanting to change the words, but I'm like, nope, I guess we're just talking about circumcision and multiple wives. And I'm like trying to explain, you know, what these things are and just being reminded constantly how everyone since the beginning of time, even the ones in the Bible have messed up, but God wants us to, to recognize in sharing those things that it's okay that we're going to mess up and fail. That's why he came to bring Jesus and to show us unconditional love. Yeah, I love that, Julie. And I find those characters in the Bible encouraging to me because Mm -hmm. their lives are over and you saw how God walked with them. And there's one, King David, we talk about him a lot. And you talk about a man that really did amazing things and really screwed up. Mm -hmm. He was one of them. But one thing that he wrote in the book of Psalms 42.3 My tears have been my food day and night, Mm -hmm. while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself in a place where you're saying, where are you, God? I don't feel you right now. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. David, who is referred to as a man after God's own heart, said the very same thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like David is always one. (laughs) When you're discouraged, you can look back and think, he literally did everything wrong, and yet we think of him as the one that God says was after his heart. Then there's Gideon. I mean, he was full of doubt, right? He kept saying, hey, can you show me one more time? Can you give me one more confirmation of your word and your promise? I mean, God's okay when we keep saying, I'm not quite sure that I heard you. I need another sign. I need another proof. I need another reminder. And I feel like just like we look at our kids and smile when they need further reassurance, God looks at us the same way. Yeah, and Sarah She laughed at the impossible. I mean, she was a really old woman when she was told she was going to have a baby. She hadn't been able to, so why would she believe that now? And she laughed at it and said, there is no way that's going to happen. Well, what about Moses? I mean, he was told that he was going to lead the people, and he was like, no, I don't even like these people. And I I don't know how to speak, God. So he was very like, nope, nope, it's not going to work. I don't want this job. And yet he is regarded as one of the most important figures in the Old Testament. Yeah, don't you love it? All these people went, okay, give me a sign. Oh, I don't believe anything you're saying. Or, you know what? I don't really have in me what you're telling me that I need to do because I don't think I can do it. Mm -hmm. And then there's Mary. You know, I find her a fascinating character because when she started... Her journey as a young mother, can you imagine looking at that little baby, knowing what she knew because the angel had told her she was going to have the child of God, and she's looking at this sweet, 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 sweet child, and then she spends, you know, how many years raising him, and then at 30, he goes to start his life, and then Jesus ultimately is beaten and spit on and abused. That's her baby. That is her baby. And she's watching him in anguish dying. And I can't imagine how she felt at that moment. I mean, I I would feel desperate. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure she did as well. I think these Bible characters, these the reminders of what real life was 
way back when is just as difficult and in different ways for us now. And the truth is, is we were born into a fallen world that is going to continue to show its fallenness until we go to heaven to be with him. And there's, we're going to constantly be bombarded with the effects of that. And that's going to be part of our story, regardless of whether we like it or not. But how we experience these things and how we react to these things is ultimately what matters the most. You know, I think what you said earlier that uh, we need to realize it's inevitable Mm -hmm. that we will have hurt in this life. I think the best way to at least somewhat handle the hurt is to understand that. Mm to say this world is not going to just be all roses and fun and, you know, good times. We're going to have hurt. Mm -hmm. There was a point with my mom later in her life, we were having a conversation and I asked her when she got married, because she had her own challenges, but when she got married, what did she think? And she said, I thought everything was going to be wonderful. And there were not going to be any problems. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at her going, why in the world did you think that? Mm -hmm. Because that's not what this world is. And sometimes when we enter it that way, Mm -hmm. it makes the hurt more unreasonable to us. Yeah, I definitely think acceptance is part of dealing with any sort of tragedy we may experience. And pre-acceptance is maybe a gift we can give ourselves and our faith, just knowing that God's going to continue to allow hard things to happen in our life for our good and his glory, for lessons that we wouldn't learn any other way, but also just to be able to draw near to him in the midst of those things. You know, Julie, you know me, I like answers to everything, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a word or something in time, I want to have all of the answers. You know, I will Google, I used to go to the library and use what's called an encyclopedia. Um, But I love answers and I've had to learn, I'm not going to get them all. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have them all in this life. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to have them all. It's not going to change my circumstances. It's not going to change what I'm dealing with. Knowing the why, when sometimes there doesn't even seem to be a why, Mm -hmm. isn't going to fix the what. Mm -hmm. I love this quote you put in here from Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. He said, heaven, where questions and answers become one. I mean, how many times have we said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask this question. But that should actually be like a hope that when I get to heaven, some of these things will finally make sense, but I can't expect that comfort now. And to almost not be living in that expectation, but that level of acceptance of one day, I'll understand it in full. I know. And I, I've always said I probably have four file cabinets full of questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots and lots of them. And the other thing I've realized is the answers might not matter then. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They may not matter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the answers do come in this world and you find out the why behind whatever happened. You discover the what made it happen or, you know, you you find the purpose in it. But sometimes, like you said, it may be the world to come Mm -hmm. and that's okay too. I think one of the most comforting things to remember that I also recognize sometimes feels trite. So we'll just own the balance of that. We are told over and over 
in the scripture that Jesus experienced trial after trial after trial. And the Bible literally teaches that everything we experience, he at some point has experienced. And we can take hope and comfort that he knows our weakness, he knows our struggle, he experienced them even before we did. And we can find comfort in those truths. Well, and I think we do say that a lot, and it's kind of a blanket statement. But if you think about the specifics, he was betrayed by a friend. He was ridiculed by the important people. He was beaten for what he stood for. He was literally killed for what he stood for. He was accepted by some and rejected by others. He had every single thing, and human too, he was he was both God and man. So he experienced our human frailties. He experienced weariness. He went off by himself to, to regroup, to pray, to spend time. He, he had to sleep in a boat while everybody else was rowing. He has experienced everything that we have. And because of that, he understands everything we will ever deal with. Okay, Dar, I feel like we have to address a common question that I think comes up in our hearts and some of us are bold enough to say it out loud or we get asked this question by people who don't have faith in God. If God is so good, then why do bad things happen to good people? Have you ever struggled with that question? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And if you say you haven't, I would probably say you're not exactly being honest (laughs) because we all experience that. And we talked about being living in a fallen world, Mm -hmm. we do. Mm -hmm. So there will be things that will happen. And we serve a God that is not a robot master. Mm -hmm. He does not force all of us to comply and do whatever he wants. He allows us free will. Mm -hmm. So things are going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, we've all asked that question. We've asked, you know, couldn't God have prevented this from happening? And again, those questions are okay to ask. But I think one of the hard truths we have to remember when asking this question is none of us are actually good by the Bible's standards. And that's not to say that God is punishing us. But at times we're expecting some sort of treatment that we don't actually deserve because of our innate shortcomings and failures. And yet God is still good to be with us in those sufferings and in those hard times. And that is the good that can come of it. Well, and I think it's easy for us to fall into the, but I didn't do that Mm -hmm. or I didn't act that way. I've I've not killed anybody, Julie. I'm pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. The reality is there's not a rating system on sin. Mm-hmm. It's not like you get 10 points for this one and you only get two for this one. Mm-hmm. They are equal in God's eyes because he is righteous and we are not. There is a book that I've been reading. I'm halfway through because it's a really, really, really tough read, to be honest. The title is Why Does God Allow Evil by Clay Jones. And he actually unpacks evil through history and then Sadly enough, he unpacks how normal people commit it. Mm. Normal individuals are capable of it. There was actually an experiment called the Eichmann experiment, Mm. which was named after the horrific doctor who just tortured people during the Holocaust Mm. in in the camps. And this experiment was of normal people. I think it was in like the late like before 2000 is when they conducted this. 
And they literally tested normal human beings and found out, and you can read more about it because I don't even want to unpack it here, or you can look it up, that the majority of them were capable when being pushed to do horrible things to another person. Mm -hmm. And we all think, oh, that I couldn't I would do never. that. Yeah. We all think I'm not capable of yeah. that, but the reality is we're capable mm -hmm. of things that we don't even know we are. Mm -hmm. So when we say, why does God do bad things to good people? Our starting place is we're not that great. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the flip side of that whole argument of why do bad things happen to good people, we should also recognize that good happens to every single one of us. And we're undeserving of the good things that we experience as well. And I think just kind of keeping that perspective in mind does kind of help balance the struggle of being human. It's a struggle until we get to the end of this life and are, you know, in eternity, hopefully with Jesus forever, if we put our faith and our trust in his good works for us, then that's the ultimate culmination we're heading for. The verse I always fall back on, the one that I think we need to remember every time we're in the middle of weeping is, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Mm -hmm. It may be tomorrow morning. It may be a year from now. It may be 10 years from now. It may be in the world to come, but joy does come. Joy mm -hmm. does come, and we need to always remember that. If we're struggling in a hard season, I think one of the scriptures that we should and get to cling to reminding us that we're loved and we're not alone is Genesis 28 15 it says behold I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you so God's promises are for us even when we're in that difficult season he is with us he will not leave us he will see us through we know where our faith is going to be battered we know that jesus loves us in the midst of it we know that people before us people in the bible who have great accolades around them had the same experiences that we did it kind of says so how do we live what do we do with this when we know that life is going to kick our butts sometimes <laughs> Here's something that I, I read this article, Viola Brown said, 110 year old. Seriously? 110. 110. Talking Dang. about her. And it's like, I, this is such wisdom from this woman. Here's what she says about God. He wakes me up in the morning. He tells me what to do. I don't worry about things. That's what 110 years will teach you, I guess. I guess so. Wow. I guess so. Wow. Well, I mean, I think also we can look at the life of Job. I mean, if you've ever, if you've never read Job, I would encourage you to do so because literally he, he kind of goes back and forth with whether or not he wants to trust God. And, you know, we see a very real picture of a battered faith in Job chapter 13, verse 15. He says, though he slay me, I will trust him. And he can say that because he has learned that God is present through the good and the hard times. Later on in chapter 19, verses 25 and 27, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And in chapter 23, verse 10, he says, he knows the way that I take. So walking with God through the hard times and the good times builds this type of faith, this type of trust, the deepness of a relationship that we all say we want, 
but often only comes through these difficult roads. Well, and I think the book of Job, like you said, Julie, is worth a read. It's it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's a hard one to read because you see a man's life that everything was taken away and everything was restored. But it is also a hopeful book because that's what we have to cling to is that even in our times of battered faith, we have hope. If everything is taken from us, it will again be restored. If I could leave us, myself included, thinking about one thing as we you know, analyze those hard seasons, those battering times in our faith, it's to remember that God has a purpose for our life. And even further, he has a purpose for the hard trials he brings us through because he is with us every step of the way. And he has a purpose for us beyond this hard thing. If we would remain close to him, be honest with him, you know, share our actual, real, angry, hard, scary, honest emotions with him and see what he might say to us and how he's going to get us through these times. I do want to leave you with a verse from the book of Joshua, first chapter, the ninth verse. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't think I can imagine a better way to end this episode than to actually pray, especially alongside somebody who might find themselves in what feels like a dark and hopeless place. So let's pray. God, we come to you honestly in this moment, knowing that you see us, you know us, and we're clinging to the faith that you have a plan for us, even in this circumstance, even in this hard thing that we don't understand. God, I pray for any sister who's listening right now and is struggling to even pray along, wondering if you're real, wondering if you're present in her life. God, I pray that you would encourage her right now. Remind her of your goodness. Remind her of your presence. Bring the joy in the morning in her life. God, we pray for peace, for comfort, for closeness with you and community with others who can encourage us through our hard seasons. And we thank you ultimately that we have a suffering servant who understands what it's like to feel the things that we're feeling and yet went all the way to the cross for us. It's because of him that we pray these things with great, great hope. Amen. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. We'll be with you again next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.